You're listening to L-Town Radio, the Livingston Library Podcast. There's practically no limit to what you can learn and see when you belong to the Livingston Library. From science and technology to grants and genealogy, our library is virtually an information galaxy. This library is yours and this library is mine. Hello and welcome to the April 2021 episode of L-Town Radio, the Livingston Public Library podcast. It's great to be back again after our little sabbatical, and thank you for tuning in, dear listener. I'm Joe from the Adult Services and Acquisitions Department, and later on, we'll be joined by our usual crew of Katie, Jessica, and Archana to tell us about some of the great programs and books and other things the Livingston Library has to offer this month. But first, I want to talk a little about poetry since April happens to be National Poetry Month. More specifically, I want to talk about poetry by a couple of famous musicians. You see, since our last episode of L-Town Radio, I started doing a little series called Joe's Jukebox, where I talk about some of my personal favorite musical materials that are currently in our collection. You can check out a few installments of that series that are up on our YouTube channel or on our blog at blog.livingstonlibrary.org. And... Now, I'd like to debut a brand new installment of Joe's Jukebox right here on the podcast. You see, not too long ago, we added to our collection a book called Violet Bent Backwards Over the Grass by the one and only Lana Del Rey. She just came out with a new album called Chemtrails Over the Country Club, and she's also released very alluring records like Born to Die, Ultraviolence, and Norman Rockwell, which you can stream with your Livingston Library card over at hoopladigital.com. And her new book is a collection of boldly vulnerable poetry she's written, accompanied by some elegantly hazy photography and artwork that is very much on brand with her boldly vulnerable and elegantly hazy music. Here's a poem called Ringtone that I think gives a pretty good idea of what to expect. I put my third phone in the waistband of my leggings. Only you have this number. Six plus vibrates with your own ringtone. I smile when I hear simulated children laughing because I know it's you. It's the little things that make me smile. I like them just for myself. I like you so much, but it makes me nervous when you don't call. Under my breath, I say, don't make me be resilient. I so want to be soft. If you let me be myself, you will be the first one who ever did. Again, that book is called Violet Bent Backwards Over the Grass by Lana Del Rey, L-A-N-A, space D-E-L, space R-E-Y. Currently in our print collection, as well as many more of our fellow libraries in the Buckles Consortium. 
Another musician who's had a bit of poetry published is the late Leonard Cohen, rock and roll Hall of Famer and one of my all-time favorite singer-songwriters. To me, he's always embodied the perfect balance of darkness and light, of gratitude and cynicism, of the mundane and the mythical. And another reason I love his work so much is that the lyrics to so many of his songs, songs like Hallelujah or Bird on the Wire or Dance Me to the End of Love, can stand alone as incredible poems even without any music or melody. And in my opinion, that's a much rarer quality for a songwriter than most people might expect. Of course, Leonard Cohen passed away toward the end of 2016, but a couple years later, a book called The Flame was published, which was a posthumous collection of Leonard Cohen's poetry, along with song lyrics, drawings, and notebook scribblings. It's a book I cherish, a book I have in my own personal library at home, thanks to my mom, who gave it to me for my birthday a couple years back, and who considers Hallelujah one of her personal favorite songs, because my mom is way cool. And of course, we also have The Flame in our print collection here at the Livingston Library. And if I may, I'd like to recite one of my favorite poems from that book, a poem called If I Took a Pill. If I took a pill, I'd feel you so much better. I'd write you a poem that sounds like a letter. I'd kill someone mean and I'd cut off his ear And I'd send it to you with I wish you were here I'm trying to finish my shabby career With a white cigarette and a curtain of beer I begged you to come, I begged on the phone How wrong can you get? I was better alone I am trying to finish my shabby career with a little truth in the now and here. Again, that's from The Flame, poems, notebooks, lyrics, songs by Leonard Cohen, available in print from the Livingston Library or a number of other Buckles libraries. Plus, you can listen to an audiobook version of The Flame, which is narrated by an all-star cast, including Margaret Atwood, Seth Rogen, and Michael Shannon. Hoopla Digital also has a few other audiobooks of Leonard Cohen poetry, like Stranger Music and Book of Mercy, both narrated by Jonathan Davis, though not, in case you were wondering, the singer from the new metal band Korn. There's also Let Us Compare Mythologies, narrated by Jonathan McLean and Book of Longing, which is, in fact, narrated by Leonard Cohen, and frankly, there's no better voice to narrate the work of Leonard Cohen than the man himself. Unfortunately, there are currently no Leonard Cohen albums available on Hoopla, though they do have a Leonard Cohen tribute album titled I'm Your Man, featuring the likes of Nick Cave and Jarvis Cocker, plus they have a few of his songs here and there, songs like Hallelujah, Waiting for the Miracle, and Everybody Knows, which are featured on various film soundtracks on Hoopla Digital. And you can find no shortage of Leonard Cohen music on CD through various libraries in the Buckles Consortium. Well, that's all for this special L-Town Radio podcast edition of Joe's Jukebox. Now let's turn things over to my fellow adult services librarian, Archana, who's going to tell us about just a few of the programs we have on our calendar for April. Archana? Hello, podcast listeners. 
This is Librarian Archana. Wish you all a very happy and healthy spring season. All of us have not only balmier and brighter days to look forward to, but some very interesting virtual program offerings from your library. I'm especially excited about our first program on the evening of April 5th at 7 p.m. when you will discover the unique and colorful world of Mithila or Madhubani painting, a folk art form practiced in the Mithila region of Bihar, India, since ancient times. The paintings were drawn on floors or on walls with the help of a brush or pen made of bamboo. The artist prepared the colors from natural resources, such as black color made by adding soot to cow dung, yellow from combining turmeric with the milk of banyan leaves, or white from rice powder. With themes ranging from nature, spirituality, social events, and science, these are highly complex, intricate paintings and have an elaborate structure involving different types of geometrical figures and curves. They also have very rich color patterns and often they have to be understood in conjunction with folk stories, folk songs, and folk traditions. The presenter of this program is Nupur Nishit, who is a USA-based artist, born in the Madhubani district in India, who paints in that very distinctive style. She is very passionate about perpetuating the folk art. So Nupur will give an overview of the art, including its history, styles, common themes and motifs. She will also touch upon how the advent of commercialization and the use of global and contemporary themes has changed it. How new artists are using new age tools and are also taking the digital route to modernize the art form. In fact, Nupur was one of the pioneers in taking Mithila painting the digital route and she works on a variety of surfaces. Another art-themed program uh, is on April 19th, and that's called A New Light on Tiffany. Here, you will explore the New York Historical Society's collection of Tiffany lamps, one of the world's largest and most encyclopedic, and the intricate techniques that created them, with this interactive virtual presentation by a museum docent. The hidden history behind the lamps offers a fascinating look at the contributions of women in the creation of this art. You'll be able to view masterpieces of this elegant American art form and hear the personal stories of head designer Clara and her team of Tiffany girls, those whose contributions were nearly forgotten by history. Please stay tuned for some upcoming nature-themed programs, which I will share with you in another segment. Thank you. Well, thank you, Archana. Like Archana said, you'll hear about some more programs we have in store later in the show. But first, let's hear from Katie head of our Adult Services and Acquisitions Department to tell us about some of the most anticipated reads coming your way in April. Katie? We've almost made it to spring. Days are getting warmer and sometimes rainy, and it's time to start thinking of sunshine and long days reading outside. As always, you can reserve these titles online at livingstonlibrary.org or via Overdrive and Libby. Up first on April 6th is First Person Singular by Haruki Murakami, which is short stories. From nostalgic memories of youth, meditations on music, and an ardent love of baseball to dreamlike scenarios and invented jazz albums, together these stories challenge the boundaries between our minds and the exterior world. Next up, we have Broken in the Best Possible Way by Jenny Lawson, a biography also out April 6th. As Jenny Lawson's hundreds of thousands of fans know, she suffers from depression. In Broken, in the best possible way, she explores her experimental treatment of transcranial magnetic stimulation with brutal honesty. 
April 6th also has a thriller, Mother May I, by Jocelyn Jackson. The New York Times bestselling author of the critically acclaimed Never Have I Ever builds on her success with this addictive novel of domestic suspense in which a mother must decide how far she is willing to go to protect her child and the life she loves. Good Company by Cynthia Dupree Sweeney is contemporary fiction on April 6th, a warm, incisive new novel about the enduring bonds of marriage and friendship from the author of the instant New York Times bestseller, The Nest. The Venice Sketchbook by Reese Bowen is a historical fiction on April 13th. Love and secrets collide in Venice during World War II in an enthralling novel of brief encounters and lasting romance by the New York Times bestselling author of The Tuscan Child and Above the Bay of Angels. When the Stars Go Dark by Paula McLean is a thriller out April 13th. From the New York Times bestselling author of The Paris Wife comes an atmospheric novel of intertwined destinies and heart-wrenching suspense. Also on April 13th, another thriller is The Good Sister by Sally Hepworth. Twin sisters who are polar opposites, but who are harboring a deep, dark secret about their sociopathic mother, must face the consequences of both her actions and their own when one tries to start a family. On April 20th, we have a romance, The Son of Mr. Suleiman by Eric Jerome Dickey. Targeted and blackmailed by racist colleagues, a black professor at a Memphis university is called away from a whirlwind romance by the death of his father and a family that has never acknowledged him. April 20th has the thriller Hour of the Witch by Chris Bojalian. A resourceful Puritan woman in 1662 Boston plots to escape a violent marriage only to find herself targeted by her disapproving and superstitious neighbors for failing to save a child's life by the best-selling author of The Flight Attendant. And finally, on April 27th, we have a literary novel, Whereabouts, by Jhumpa Lahiri, a marvelous new novel from the Pulitzer Prize-winning author of The Lowland and Interpreter of Maladies, her first in nearly a decade. The story follows the routines of a misfit city dweller who experiences a year of remarkable transformation in the aftermath of a parent's death. I hope you enjoy these books and I hope you check them out and we'll see you soon. All right. Thank you, Katie. I cannot be more excited for that Haruki Murakami book. He is one of my favorite authors in the entire world. And maybe I'll talk about the book next month for our podcast. But for now, as promised, let's welcome back Archana to talk about some more of the programs you can expect through the Livingston Library in April. Archana. Hello, this is Librarian Archana. We celebrate Earth Day in April, and it's a time to strengthen our connection to nature, to land, to our bountiful Earth and its resources. So keeping that in mind, we have a couple of programs reminding us of our responsibility to take care of our planet. Did you know that nearly 40% of U.S. food supply is wasted every year? That's about 219 pounds a person or $1,600 per family. On April 14th at 11 a.m., you will learn about several simple ways to reduce food waste at home every day in a program called Be a Friend to the Earth, Reduce Food Waste at Home. And then on April 21st at 11 a.m., we have a program on sustainable living, it's easier than you think. 
Everyday choices can have a big impact on our environment. And here you will learn about ways to reduce your carbon footprint and lessen your impact on the environment. You'll discover small changes that can be brought around the house, in modes of transportation, or food choices, and in landscaping practices, so as to live more sustainably. A couple of other ways we can rediscover our connection to nature is by planting a flower garden or visiting a garden and a park. On the morning of April 7th at 11am again, we present Dark Beauties for Your Garden, where garden historian Leslie Parnes will help you discover how to use black-hued plants for maximum impact. Over 75 dark beauties, including annuals, perennials, wines, trees and shrubs are featured in this compendium of powerful plants. You will take a photographic tour of selected must-see gardens and arboretums in New Jersey in a virtual presentation by Master Gardener Mary Jo Sijak on the evening of April 26th, and perhaps you may be inspired to visit some of them in person. Lastly, on April 28th at 11am, you will learn how to take full advantage of the best florals spring has to offer. This class will focus on what you can do with the tulips, hyacinths and pussy willows that can either be bought from the market or picked from the garden. From unique containers to perfectly poised table arrangements, you will leave this class armed with basic flower arranging skills to enjoy the season. And this will be presented by floral and event designer Betsy Carrotneck. So I hope to see you at one or more of these programs, uh, which are going to be presented via Zoom. I've always loved watching nature documentaries, and one of my all-time favorites has been anything hosted by the famed naturalist David Attenborough. He has inspired millions over the decades by bringing the natural world into our homes so compellingly. I remember watching his documentaries, including his Life on Earth series while growing up in India. Later, I was enamored with his mini-series Planet Earth from 2006. And there's a follow-up to this one in 2016 called Planet Earth 2. Featuring his inimitable voice, excellent commentary and stunning visuals, David Attenborough's nature films are always very educative and engaging. And several of these are available in the library's DVD collection. In his latest book, A Life on Our Planet, My Witness and a Vision for the Future, which has been made now into a Netflix documentary, the famed naturalist who is now 94 maps how steeply the planet's biodiversity has diminished over his lifetime. You can borrow this book using your Livingston Library card. And thank you very much, listeners. Thanks again, Archana. I have to say I'm also a huge fan of all of David Attenborough's documentaries for all the reasons Archana mentioned, and I'm so glad they exist to show us the majesty of our natural world. And now to tell us about some of her favorite environmental fiction is our fellow adult services and acquisitions librarian, Jessica. Earth Day is April 22nd, and my favorite activity that makes me feel in touch with nature is reading outside. I love reading outside with the sunshine on my face and the nearby birds chirping away. In honor of Earth Day, I thought I'd share with you some of my favorite pieces of environmental fiction that are just perfect for reading outside on the warm days that we can soon look forward to coming our way. The Beach House series by Mary Alice Monroe is by far my favorite piece of environmental fiction. When you open this novel, you will be transported to the Carolina coast where you will meet a mother and daughter connected by a love of sea turtles. 
More than just a novel of mother-daughter and family relationships, this novel teaches readers about conservation efforts and about sea turtles. Each chapter opens with a short fact about turtles and the coast, which I think adds to the value of the novel and the story. Another book I adore is The Summer After You and Me by Jennifer Salvato Doktorski, who is a New Jersey-based author. This is one of my favorite books because it takes place down at the Jersey Shore during Hurricane Sandy. Each chapter opens with a short fact about marine wildlife. You can request either of these books through the library's online catalog or through the library's collections through Hoopla Digital. All right, thanks, Jessica. We'll hear from Jessica again in just a moment about some programs coming up on our calendar. But first, I want to tell you about some songs, which I love, which make me feel especially in touch with nature um, in the spirit of the Earth Day season. And so I made a mini playlist of those songs for you here. Probably one of the first of these songs that I remember hearing in my life is Joni Mitchell's Big Yellow Taxi from her 1970 album, Ladies of the Canyon. You know, the song about how they paved paradise and put up a parking lot. Technically, it was not the original Joni Mitchell version that I first heard. I actually discovered the song in the mid-90s through a cover version by a band called Pinhead Gunpowder, which is a side project of Green Day's Billy Joe Armstrong. So thank you, Billy Joe, for helping me appreciate nature a little more and, of course, for introducing me to the brilliant Ms. Joni Mitchell. Another song that really gets me in touch with nature is Mercy, Mercy, Me, subtitled The Ecology from Marvin Gaye's 1971 album What's Going On. Lyrically, it describes so much of the ugly destruction that humankind has inflicted upon the earth, but musically, it is about as gorgeously chill as music can get. Fall On Me is a song by R.E.M. from their 1986 album Life's Rich Pageant, and it almost always makes me a little misty every time I hear it. The lyrics are rather abstract, and as was the case for most of Michael Stipe's early recordings, they're sung in a semi-mumbly fashion. But when you get to that chorus about the sky falling, there's no doubt you can hear the profound sadness in his voice, and the song foreshadows a lot of the environmental activism that R.E.M. would start to promote later in their career. Now, not all of these songs here are going to be sad laments about uh, the deterioration of nature. Uh, Take Nothing But Flowers from the Talking Heads' 1988 album, Naked. That song imagines nature actually reclaiming the planet from humanity's construction and or destruction, with pizza huts taken over by fields of daisies, and its soundtrack to some of the band's famous whimsical polyrhythms. In my life, I've had a chance to drive through the mountains of West Virginia a couple, three times, and it is some of the most breathtaking scenery I've ever seen firsthand. And at least one of those times, I made sure to play John Denver's 1971 song, Take Me Home, Country Roads, on the car stereo. And yes, that is a little on the nose as far as soundtracking goes, but I don't regret it. It made the experience that much more beautiful. And finally, Louis Armstrong's 1967 hit, What a Wonderful World. I know the song isn't totally about the wonder of the world in a natural sense. It's also about the wonder of human kindness and the promise of more wonder to come. 
in the progress of future generations, but the first half does lovingly describe those trees of green and skies of blue and red roses too. Plus, it's a personal favorite of both my wife and my father-in-law who danced together to this song at our wedding. So I'm putting it as the grand finale on this mini playlist. You can find all these songs I just mentioned on Hoopla Digital, which you can stream with your Livingston Library card. And with that out of the way, as promised here once again is Jessica to tell you about some of the more bookish programs we have coming up on our calendar in April. Jessica? If you love books and are looking to discuss books with other book lovers, just like yourself, we have some wonderful bookish programs planned for you this month. On April 8th at 7 p.m., you can join our Bookish Vibes Book Club. We'll be reading and discussing novels by Barbara Delinsky, who will be joining our meeting. Copies of her latest novel, A Week Down the Shore, will be available for you to pick up from the patron services desk. However, if you're, you're not required to read this novel and are welcome to come ready to discuss any novel you'd like to by the author. Discussion will open with a selected novel and will then branch off into the author's other works, her own bookish thoughts, and more. On April 15th at 7 p.m., you can join us for a Meet the Author visit with Danielle Martin. Martin is the author of Glimmer As You Can, a historical novel set in 1962 Brooklyn. A Q&A session will follow the discussion. And on April 22nd at 7 p.m., you can join us for a Livy Wright's writing program on journaling. In this writing workshop, local Livingston writer Hope Atlas will explain the concept of self-awareness and how one can get started with journaling. Participants will be given writing prompts along with five to eight minutes to free write. Following the free write session, participants will freely choose to share their writing in the forms of discussion and reading in an accepting environment. These programs will all take place virtually through Zoom. Registration is required for these events and registration can be done so on the library's event calendar at www.livingstonlibrary.org. Information on how to access the Zoom event will be emailed to you the day before the program is to take place. Be sure to visit our events calendar to see all the other great programs that we have planned this month. I hope to see you there. Bye. Thanks again, Jessica. I'd also like to mention a bookish program I have coming in April, if I may. It's the next meeting of the Unstuck in Time Virtual Book Club, where we gather on Zoom to discuss classic speculative fiction, that is sci-fi, fantasy, horror, or anything involving the strange, the futuristic, or the supernatural. The book we'll be discussing from 7 to 8 p.m. on Tuesday, April 27th, is Shirley Jackson's 1959 novel, The Haunting of Hill House. Shirley Jackson is, of course, the brilliant author behind novels like We Have Always Lived in the Castle, and short stories like The Lottery, which a lot of us probably read in high school English class. The Haunting of Hill House is one of Jackson's most famous works. It's been adapted numerous times as a film in 1963 and again in 1999, and more recently as a Netflix series. It's considered by many to be not just the greatest haunted house story ever written, but also a perfect work of unnerving terror. It's the tale of four people who arrive at the titular Hill House at the invitation of an occult scholar looking for solid evidence of haunting. And at first, their stay seems destined to be merely a spooky encounter with inexplicable phenomena. But Hill House is gathering its powers, and soon it will choose one of them 
to make its own. Now that's just the description of the book from the publisher, but let's take an excerpt right from the book's opening paragraph, perhaps one of the best opening paragraphs in all of literature, shall we? <clears throat> no live organism can continue for long to exist sanely under conditions of absolute reality. Even larks and katydids are supposed by some to dream. Hill House, not sane, stood by itself against its hills, holding darkness within. It had stood so for eighty years, and might stand for eighty more. Within, walls continued upright, bricks met neatly, floors were firm, and doors were sensibly shut. Silence lay steadily against the wood and stone of Hill House, and whatever walked there, walked alone. Now, if you have any interest whatsoever in scary stories, I don't know how you could resist wanting to read the rest of that book after that paragraph, and then discuss it on Zoom with a group of other speculative fiction fanatics. If you do, of course, you'll need to register through our event calendar, which you can click to through our website, livingstonlibrary.org. The date again is Tuesday, April 27th, and the time is 7 to 8 p.m. Well, that's it for this episode of L-Town Radio. Thanks again, dear listener, for tuning in. I hope you'll tune in again next month. Don't forget, if you ever want to contribute a segment to the show, feel free to shoot us an email at livysocial at gmail.com. That's L-I-V-I social at gmail.com. Send us a short audio clip of your potential contribution. We can't promise it will make it on the show or we can't promise we'll respond to all submissions, but if we do want to include your submission, we'll be sure to let you know. As always, you can listen and subscribe to this podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Don't forget, you can follow us all over the internet on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter, not to mention our daily blog, which is at blog.livingstonlibrary.org. And of course, we'll hope you'll come visit us in person since we are open seven days a week for browsing and borrowing. Though if you prefer contactless pickup, we still offer that service Mondays and Thursdays. Our website, livingstonlibrary.org, has all our hours, social distancing policies, and other relevant info. Until next time, stay safe, stay kind, and stay curious.